Money Show. Ad feature. Heroes and Zeros with the editor of Orchids and Onions, Brendan Seary, with us this evening. I'm getting a little bit fed up of this feature featuring chicken licking ads all the time. Are they really that good, Brendan Seary, that everybody in the advertising industry seems to be just completely um, enraptured by Chicken Licken's marketing campaigns? I think it's the new Nando's, isn't it? I think they've taken over Nando's uh, top slot as the top cheeky, funny fast food brand anyway. And um, I think maybe, Bruce, it's because it, it is kind of wacky off-a-wall type humour and we do need a bit of humour at the moment Jeez. in this country. I like it because this one particularly, it, it's quite funny, but the trick that often people um, miss, and I do think Nando's missed that, for many years, they made very funny ads, but they actually didn't have much of a, um, a proper marketing call to action. I know I've loved Nando's ads for years and hardly ever eat Nando's, so <laughs> it doesn't work on me. But how, much, and, uh, how much chicken licking are you consuming? Because uh, judging by the ads, and, <laughs> <laughs> it's no, yeah. you know, when my kids were at home, they would we would have the occasional bit of KFC. Um, and McDonald's, which was the company that produced the world's first all-meat Mari biscuit um, with their first burgers. that they, they But really, um, Nando's wasn't really part of our, yeah. our lifestyle. Um, but what I like about the chicken lick, and it's, it's funny, but at the same time, it, it gives a call to action. And it's, it's retail advertising at the same time as it's brand advertising. And that's often quite difficult for people to get right. Um, and they do it in this ad particularly well. Tee it up for me, because it's it's not particularly an audio ad. It's more of a visual ad, but it has good sound effects. Um, so um, just, just tee it up for me and then we'll play it. Brendan? Yes. Oh, sorry, I was just saying, tee it up for me. Um, just paint the scene okay, for uh, me yeah, so, of, of so the Bucky uh, backfiring bucky. down the road. Backfiring and, 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 you know, sort of really overloaded. There are two guys sitting in the cab and, and there's a massive brown bear sitting between them. And the whole premise of the ad and they, they, the way they push it on social media is saying, here's an ad you won't believe. And, and they're driving along. The driver says to his mate, he says, uh, uh, is it just me or is there a bear sitting between us um, <laughs> eating some um, chicken licking Easy Bucks popcorn special? Um, it, popcorn uh, and let's and, play it. Let's play it. We don't. We don't have to run through all of it. Let's play it, and then just uh, we'll look at it afterwards. Is it just me, or there's a bear here holding an Easy Bucks popcorn chicken shaker from Chicken Chicken for only thirty bucks? Thirty bucks. Thirty bucks for popcorn chicken and sauce. I must confess to not getting it, not one little bit, but what I do like, and I take your point about the, the, the call to action, 
I think they mentioned 30 bucks five or six times. Um, you've got a very clear idea what the product is. You've got absolutely cer- absolute certainty on the price point, And I think you know what you're getting. You know, two guys driving through, it looks like the back of the beyond in, in, in the desert somewhere um, with a with a obviously non-South African brown bear sitting, but you can't believe that. But then at the same time, you can't believe that uh, Chicken Licken's giving you this kind of deal for 30 bucks. And it keeps on going, 30 bucks, 30 bucks, 30 bucks. And I think that's, you know, they make a gag of it, but I think um, that repetition will certainly get through to customers and, and um, you know, it, it it's it's a good deal. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, then you're zeroed this week and... I'm guessing we're going to get an awful lot of terrible solar advertising in the not too distant future. Well, certainly yeah, communication I, I, around solar. Yeah, I think there's, you know, the, the the reality is at the moment, Bruce. I mean, it's it's the kind of these are the kind of people that we journalists always have a love hate relationship with our PR people, um, and it's a love hate relationship because, you know, much as we may mock them and and talk about yes, they look, you know, they just they are sort of generally blondes in short skirts at cocktail parties it does it's a bit more than that that the 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 industry but the opportunity now for what i could call ethic ethical pr is is huge and and the reason for that is that a lot of news uh, news outlets and platforms do not have the kind of staff that they used to 10 15 20 years ago um, but they also need content. So there is a, a place for PR companies to provide content for people and for for media outlets. Um, but the way they should be doing it is not by trying to uh, basically turn it into a, a different sort of an ad, an ad plug, because it's not going to get you any airtime and it's not going to get you any um, column centimeters in a newspaper if you do that, because... Um, the the media owner is going to say no. I'm not taking, I'm not giving you free advertising. And the trick is to understand your client so well that you can tell their stories in such a way that it actually has value as proper editorial content. And there are PR companies out there that can do it, and they do it very well. Um, and you will see if you if you're looking, you will see these occasionally um, because they're not obvious. Because these are generally PR companies who run by ex-journalists who understand how to tell a story. And um, the, the company that annoyed me this this last week is that it's a, it's a good story to tell. People are asking questions about solar power. What does it entail? What are the, the pros and the cons? Um, and this agency, Tinkwe PR agency in Cape Town, um, put out a release on behalf uh, of their client, um, which is a company called... Um, you know, it, it, a company called Versify, sorry. Um, and what they were trying to do is is to answer everybody's questions about solar, which could have turned into a really, really interesting um, piece, but it turned into just a straight up and down plug for Versify Solar, um, going into their deals and how much they cost. So there's no news editor worth their salt would have would have run that story. Um, which is a pity because the trick in doing this kind of content is to position the brand really as a facilitator um, and as a source of knowledge. And if you do that properly, um, there will be very few news editors will be able to turn it down because it will provide information with which has value for your readers or your viewers, 
your listeners, um, and at the same time, is not um, thinly veiled advertising. Yeah, and it's it, it, there's a very delicate balance between providing content that is useful, that is interesting, that happens to uh, amplify the messaging of the particular client at play here. But the amount of dross, and I'm, I'm not sure that this is that interesting to people outside of our industry here, Brendan, but hey, it's you and me and everyone else is listening. But I, I, I just, there is so much dross. And I spend a fair amount of time each week saying to people, please just, if you're going to send me this stuff, take me off your mailing list because you're wasting your time sending it to me. I know it's absolutely zero effort because I'm just a number on a, on a list, but please stop and please stop and please stop and then very soon end up in the junk mail file because you, you're, yeah, there, it's misdirected, miscalculated and, and just badly thought about. And that's, yeah, it's yeah, very, very weak indeed. That's point. Uh, Bruce, I think a lot of the agencies use a shotgun effort um, approach and they then go to the client and say, look, I sent 17 journalists your release. They're not going to tell the client that 17 journalists spiked the release. Instead of saying, well, listen, we we know what Bruce on 702 is interested in. Um, We know him. We'll tailor make something for him. And and they should be listening to your show. They should be listening to how you present things, the, the, <laughs> the, the text that you have, and they should be crafting the release um, or the the pitch in such a way that you go, gee, that sounds interesting to me. That's worth following up. And I'm sure you get content like that because you deal with PR people who understand who you are and what you're doing on your show. Um, and if, if they just send it, the same release to you and – heaven knows how many other people, it's actually an insult to you. Um, so, And you expect us to use the stuff. Well, it doesn't work like that. Brendan Zeri, uh, like-minded soul when it comes to... to um, and again, public relations uh, practitioners are wonderful people. They are some of the finest um, communicators around. But the pressure to perform for the client and the some of the hocus-pocus that comes along is deeply distressing because people are paying a lot of money for this communication expertise. And 99 producers, correct me on this? I mean, you, you do push, you do push uh, press releases on me sometimes. And I, I hope that I reject 99% of them. I'm willing to say 95 because... 90. My producers say 90. I'm going to have to try harder. There we go. I'm going to have to try harder.